Dirty? Uh, yep. Okay, I'm recording. Uh, let me know when everyone's ready. Yep, I'm ready whenever. Okay, I'm gonna say one, two, three, and then on on go, everybody clap, okay? Okay. Okie dokie. One, two, three. Uh, I didn't hear it. I'm gonna assume everyone did it. Well, um, no, I, I didn't do anything. Cause I was I waiting for go. you to say clap. Yeah. No, like I said on go. You clap. Yeah, you said you said on go. I didn't hear go. So. Yeah. Well, cause clap. go is clap. No. Jesus. <laughs> one, two, three, go. There we You're go. You're supposed to do it at the time that I say it anyway, so it shouldn't have mattered I don't get it. if I said I don't, it or not. I don't, it, you didn't say go. You just said free, like three, two, one. That's, yeah, no yeah because the next beat would have been when you would do it anyway. So, like, if you were doing it properly, you would have clapped and oh then noticed God. I didn't say anything. Also, my audacity is working now, it looks like. So that's cool. Hey, hey that's good. <laughs> um, don't ask me okay, why. Well, it just does. We're off to a strong start. Um, welcome, everybody. This is... Uh, it's Game Busters. We're back. After season 2 opening. Season 2 opening. And, Rhi, I think that you're... I see here on the outline that you're still living in the past over here. Am you've, I now? Uh, yeah, you've created a, an entry for the Hall of Fame luster after we destroyed it. Well, I thought just in case you felt like bringing it back, there's there's an option there, you know? I'm All sentimental. Right. I'm holding More murder and mayhem? More, yes. Well, we have, we're going to be doing some murder and mayhem, actually, but in a in a sort of a different way. Um, Ooh, branching out. So yeah, so uh, if you're if you're new here, um, I am Nirav, and uh, I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host Ree. Howdy, howdy. Um, this time coming to us uh, from Ireland. Give us your best Irish accent, Ree. I, I don't want to. My boyfriend right here, and he's making dinner, so I don't want to like offend him. <laughs> you think he'll poison you if, you if you do it too bad yeah i mean he's he he does like ireland so all right and uh and we are joined by uh brie hello as a guest yeah um and so um brie can you do your irish accent oh no oh no i think a british person has more right to an irish accent than myself i think they have the I, least I would argue the opposite is true yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, top of the morning to ya. That's what we can, we can start with that. Yeah, there you um, go. so, uh, yeah, like, uh, as I said, we're, we're into season two now. And the reason for the, the branding change is that, uh, I kind of wanted to move us on to some new, uh, opening and closing segments. Um, and so the, the, the middle part, you know, where we talk about the games is going to be pretty much the same, but, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be, uh, heading into the, uh, it's time for Dungeon Busters. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. So, uh, using the, uh, so I'm going to be utilizing this game, Super Fight, which we used in our last thing um, to do the, the Battle Royale competition. Um, however, there is a, a, a dungeon deck here where it creates rooms of a dungeon uh, as you go through it. And we just try to see if you guys can survive um, with the characters and powers that I'm going to draw for you here. Okay. So you basically you basically have to just reason your way through this and explain why you can make it through this X or Y room. Okay. So I'm gonna give each of you a character uh, from the deck here. Uh, Bree, you are Medusa. Ooh. Okay. I can work with this. That's a good character. I feel like I'm overpowered um, already. And then, yeah, probably. All right. And then a shuffle a bit. Uh, Re, uh, so tell me if you can do this one. You are Moriarty uh, from Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Well, we've got a, yeah. we've got a range going on here, then. This is right. some variety. And I'm going to give each of you a power. Um, a special power here. So, uh, Bree, you are Medusa, but you are also a believer, and you are convinced the opponent means bodily harm to Justin Bieber. Oh, no. I think that makes her more powerful, of anything. Yeah. yeah that's that. Well, that's what it is, yeah. Some of these are good, and some are, may, well, are, are not good. And then, Moriarty, everything you touch turns to hummus. That's your Ooh, power. I would, I would like that, personally. You think that you wouldn't get sick of the hummus? It would take a lot of hummus for me to get sick, so I, I, that would sort me out for at least like two years, and beyond All that, right. I might get a bit annoyed. So I have three, I have three dungeon rooms here in a row, and you're gonna tell me, I'm gonna describe what's in that dungeon. You're gonna tell me how you get across it with your individual character and powers. Okay. Um. So the first one, we're, we're entering into a hallway guarded by two statues that shoot lasers at whoever's the biggest jerk. Okay. Which one of you is the bigger jerk? Moriarty. I would... Yeah, Moriarty, <laughs> definitely. Probably. All right. How are you going to avoid getting lasered? Um, shit. I mean, I, I assume to turn something into hummus, it needs to be, like, a solid. And I don't think lasers are solid. Um... That, they're just light, and light is both a wave and a photon, and a photon is ty- technically a type of subatomic particle. Well, well then we're just going to have to chance it, and he's going to have to stand right there with his hand out, ready to try and turn <laughs> it into hummus. That's, that's our only way out of this. I don't think his reaction times are particularly good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, Bree, do you have any... Uh, I, I don't think you have anything to offer here since these are already statues. They're already statues. I'm out of my league. <laughs> um, I'm, okay, well, I'm going to say that you were able to make it through. You were able to hum- use the, the laser to turn it to turn the laser into hummus and then like you know like a chain reaction all the way back to the statue hummus oh, to up. okay cool i'm happy with that all right the next room is a trash room with walls that slowly move inwards until everything inside is crushed oh we're going with star wars now okay again um hummus up them walls he's gonna turn the walls yeah, to I hummus guess- yeah. Yeah, Medusa, you you're not really pulling your weight. Justin Bieber would be really. Yeah, really, uh, I'm just gonna say like the little you. snakes on like my hair can just like eat through the hummus, and that's how we make our way through. Sure. Oh, that's a good uh, shout. Snakes, yeah. snakes historically love hummus. They do. <laughs> um, the in the final room we have a large pool with a single gigantic shark swimming in it. Ooh, so this could go 50-50 for me, I think, because like yeah, I could jump on it and turn it into hummus, but like it could get me first. So we are sort of mm. leaving that up to the powers that be, which in this case Medusa, is you. Medusa, this you are you are a believer, and this shark means Justin Bieber bodily harm. I will leap straight into that pool and stare that shark into its soul as it turns to stone. Okay, nice, good work. Um, and then we're gonna fight the boss here. Um, let's see here. Da, da, da. Uh, it's a it's Shredder. Okay, it's Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> and his special ability is that he is armed with dynamite. Ooh, okay, oh. tell me how you're going to take this boy on. Oh, dynamite. I mean, if he throws dynamite, I'm relying on Moriarty to catch it. Well, and turn I, it to I don't helmet. think I can do, do a lot here, because, I mean, if, he, if it lands in my feet and I don't get to it in time, then I can't hummus it up. And yeah. he's got projectiles, <laughs> so I don't think I can get to him first. I think this is where I've met my match. I think it's in. I think it's got to be a Medusa job, really. 
long range attacks are pretty pretty hard for you to fight. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I just need to like do something crazy to get his attention. I guess so he can look at me. Okay. Then uh, do something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna start singing a two thousand eight version of Baby by Justin Bieber with the snakes Maybe. harmonizing. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was like, "What? What is this?" Oh, I remember that's a song, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you you um the the snakes love it. Um, and I sh- you know what, Shredder loves it too. That's good. He's a believer as well. Oh man, no, I'm on his side. Oh wow, Re, I think you might have to fight two bosses now. <laughs> oh no, I don't think I'm Jesus. really that good against either of these. You know, I'm I'm good when the threats are up close and not sentient but when as soon as they're sentient it's sort of just not uh, not my not my area sure all right well um i'm gonna say uh do you think that was a successful dungeon run i don't know i think we got a little we made it through i think we had a little trouble fight you think so all right i'm gonna say that you you befriended the the boss um maybe shredders joined the team i don't know yeah why not that's wholesome can't say i can't say for sure um but you guys make it out um congratulations uh, I'm gonna say that um, who who was I think Bree I think you were the victor here. Um, you kind of uh, dealt the final blow, so you'll you'll get a you know you you get the last words on the show today, um, for for being uh, for pulling us out of this horrible horrible place with the big shark. <laughs> Got it. And hum, there's so much. There's a lot I, of hummus. I, I feel like I feel like you're not remembering like the consistency of hummus <laughs> properly. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're, I feel like, I feel like you're writing it off. (laughs) It can get really gross in there. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll head and jump forward, um, to our, our main segment today, which is, um, which is Bustums. Uh, we should all be, uh, ready because this time, like I said, we're going to have twice the podcast, uh, twice the, what else do we We had twice the something and it was not something that we're known for. And I think right. I forget what it was. Twice the professionalism. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Rhea is going to be leading us on a journey through Dragon Age 2 uh, today. I am indeed, um, yeah. I, I have played approximately 27 minutes of Dragon Age 2. And th- um, some would argue that's all you need. Um, I'm, I'm personally okay. a fan of Dragon Age 2. I, I vibe with it. Um, just sure. before we jump in, uh, Bree, I know you you you're into Dragon Age. Like, what's your overall views on Dragon Age Two? Um, I think it's definitely the weakest link, in my opinion, of the three that there are. Uh, but I think it just really depends on the person because Dragon Age Origin and Inquisition are both more, you know, bigger world and like a very just like linear timeline when. This one is very different and it has like time skips and it's really focused on one location, which I think can be a lot of fun, but it really just depends on like the person's play style and what they enjoy out of a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. It's, it's just so different to the other games out there. And yeah, mm-hmm. I get, and when I looked at its development, it's like, Christ. Yeah. That's why it's so different. Uh, so the reason we're talking about today is because David Gator did a, um, tweet thread on twitter where he spoke about what he'd do if he got to remake dragon age 2 uh that's because as he said it's the one that he regrets the most um and let's take you through why uh the writing team would feel like they regret it so bad um can i just like say quickly like 
I was so I knew this was gonna fucking happen the second they said that they were like actually doing the Snyder cut. Like people are fucking like up in arms about like give give us the Snyder cut of Dragon Age two. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? It's, that's where this came like, from. That's that's the annoying thing. It's like no, what you're what you're asking for is a remake. <laughs> like yes, you, you want a remake. You don't want a Snyder cut. <laughs> And please don't, because actually, um, I think I said this before we started recording, I tried to watch the Snyder Cut last night, um, emphasis on tried. Uh, please don't Snyder Cut a fight, Dragon Age, it would not be good. Um, yeah, so, anyway, we've spoken about Dragon Age Inquisition before, I guess we're just going to do the series backwards, but we'll start our journey this time with the release of Dragon Age Origins. Uh, it was released in 2009. Um, it was part of Bioware's effort to sort of rebrand their like RPGs to be more consumer friendly. So in this case, they were trying to take Borders Gate and sort of make it have mass market appeal rather than just like RPG nerds <laughs> like me. Um, and it it did well. It, it was a critical and commercial success back in 2009. Um, but unfortunately for Bioware, it didn't reach the uh, heights of that Mass Effect had set for their like 3D RPGs. Uh, one of the criticisms was that it was a bit of a generic hero adventure story, um, whereas Mass Effect was very unique and personal in that you followed the story of Shepard very personally and personally like with the companions that you had. Um, it still obviously allowed for some role playing, but you had a named protagonist who I think people just got really attached to. Um, so because of that, um, the aim for Dragon Age 2 was to sort of capture that Mass Effect magic. Um, the development of Dragon Age 2 began while they were still doing DLC and expansions for Origins. They were actually, I believe, doing the Awakening expansion, which was pretty big, um, while they started Dragon Age 2. And this is where there's the first big problem, which th that's going to be the theme of today's episode is EA poking in. Ooh and kind of messing things up a whole lot so in 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 my mind like when ea pokes their head into the office into the studio here at bioware it's like a big like dragon <laughs> yeah. like poking yeah. its head into the door like <laughs> what you guys working on <laughs> nothing they just quickly like hide all their notes like <laughs> yeah come like yeah not nothing just <laughs> please don't close us down oh, um God. The, so this was after Mass Effect 1 had come out only? Yeah, so, on, or, uh, on so part of Bioware okay. at this point is working on Mass Effect 2. Um, and okay. So they're working on Mass Effect 2, Dragon Age Origins expansions, and now they've been told you have to do a sequel as soon as possible because they're scared that people will forget about the series. <laughs> so there's a lot. Like how they have to make a Spider-Man movie every six <laughs> yeah, months? Yeah, obviously. Yes. <laughs> so... They have their hands full. Um, for some reason, EA gave them 14 months to make the game. But considering they were so, I suppose, wrapped up with these other projects, um, sources speaking now to journalists are saying that it was actually closer to nine months in terms of like real production time. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like real production time for a human. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's if if you look at it. It's a miracle that game boots up because it's actually really solid, I think, in terms of bugs. I don't experience many. Um, and to think they managed to throw that together in nine months, I, I dread to think of the crunch that must have gone into it. Um, 
Aww. Oh, and to make matters worse, uh, Dragon Age 2 that we got wasn't even intended to be a sequel. It was actually just, just an expansion they were working on when they were told they had to do a sequel. So they turned it into a sequel. Um, the whole reason why it got changed last minute is because EA decided to again swing by and go, um, yeah, we don't like expansions now. So you've got to make it a sequel if you want to keep working on it. So a uh, long time Bioware writer David Gator had to uh, get together five other writers to start penning the story. They were confident that they could make this more personal, like a uh, Commander Shepard approach work and wrote the player character of Hawks. The, sto the story would revolve around them and their family as they traveled to a new country as a refugee. So recently Gator has revealed that the final story in the game was actually the first ever draft they did. They didn't have the time to redraft. They just had to be very confident that the first thing they came up with would be the best. Just to sort of put that into context, Origins saw a total development of six years, if you include the story. The initial three were actually just for the story. And the first draft didn't even mention the Grey Wardens, which are arguably the biggest faction in the game. So <laughs> totally important. Yeah, so I mean imagine Origins about the Grey Wardens or the Dark Sword actually. Oh, I can't even imagine it. <laughs> so they yeah, so that's that's how important the drafting process is. Um so uh, Dragon Age 2 is completely different from its predecessor. In the original game, you picked from six backstories, and in Inquisition, you do actually pick from like backstories as well uh, to craft your character to be completely unique, sort of like D&D inspired, like Baldur's Gate. Uh, the story took place over about a year or so with no time skips, whereas in Dragon Age 2, the story, the story spans, I think, eight years, and the player ca and the Jeez. player character Hawk huh. can be can only be a human. The the game is split into three acts and the time skips, which range from like, I think a year to three years happen uh, between each act. Uh, yeah. So as I'm sure you can gather, this was completely different to Dragon Age Origins and completely different to what would later be Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, I guess Briggs, since you're into Dragon Age as well, what I think we talked about this last time on the Inquisition episode, what do you prefer? Like having a set character like Hawk or one like the Warden or the Inquisitor where you can have more of a role in shaping them? I prefer a more like open-ended character I can put myself into. I think I really enjoy like role-playing. Like I love D&D and such. So I love the idea that I'm actually putting input. And I think character customization and such does help with that. Or just being able to pick like, oh, I'm going to be an elf, a human, or a dwarf. And things along those lines. Uh, I just think that was one of like the bigger fallings of Dragon Age 2 because I feel like I'm making choices for a character, but it's not as impactful as it was in Origins. Yeah. I think you guys should check in the Discord quickly of the screen cap I've taken here. Let's see. <laughs> You've played exactly four minutes of Dragon Age 2. <laughs> you were really rounding up when you said 25 christ i thought it was okay i actually got out and like was in the tutorial that was definitely longer than four minutes right like i mean you can you can do yeah. a tutorial in, in like five minutes i think i don't know i like run? i did some running and jumping and stuff you can't jump uh. <laughs> yeah. you hacked the That's game I... you broke it 
You can't jump in this game? Whatever, man. I'm glad I gave up on it four minutes in. Yeah, I mean, the Inquisitor learned how to jump. <laughs> yeah, but not, not very well. Oh, it's like sort of a Zelda situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, like Link learns to jump after 25 years of training. <laughs> exactly. I guess to like get back to Hawk quickly, um, you can see how they, they, they sort of tried to throw some role-playing stuff in there. Like you have the conversation wheel from... Uh, Mass Effect, you can make some choices in the quest, obviously you can decide what faction to get with at the end. Um, Bree, how do you like feel about your Hawk? Like, do you feel like it's your Hawk? Do you like sort of have fond memories of that character or do you just kind of feel like it was the same as everyone else's Hawk? Yeah, I'm not too attached to my Hawk because I do feel like it's just like one in a bunch. I'm honestly so much more attached to the side characters which I think they did a much better job on. Oh, and I'm God, far yeah. more invested in, like, the companions. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the main character. Do you, do you think they were, like, kind of trying to replicate, like, the success of a Commander Shepard with this character? They totally were, I think. Yeah. I mean, they even, they gave you, you give you a cool surname. They're like, there you go. Cool. You're going to like this character now. And for some reason, like, Hawk just, I don't, I don't think really resonates with in the same I'm way. Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite hawk on the Citadel. <laughs> I don't know what it is actually. Like everyone loves their shepherd, but barely anyone ever talks about their hawk. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know where they went wrong there. Um, Did this game like sell particularly well? Yeah, it sold pretty well at the time. Um, but in terms of like lifetime mm-hmm. sales, in the end, Origins beat it again. <laughs> so I guess it. It just, really it just didn't have the, the staying power, I guess. It did well enough at the time. Even the reviews at the time aren't that bad. But sort of in retrospect. I actually... Yeah. When I was installing this, I looked at, like, the like the mod situation for them, too. Like, Origin still has a, like, somewhat active modding scene. Like, people are still making new stuff for it. And Dragon Age 2 seems like it's been dead for many <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I believe it. Um... So, yeah, I guess to continue the development, uh, 2 had a very different feel. So, um... In two, the biggest departure was that now the entire game is set in one city, as opposed to Origins being set in one Blech. entire country. Um, this is an approach that I personally feel could have worked. Um, it just wasn't pulled off particularly well here. So mm-hmm. um, you come, you so you start in Ferelden, the country from the first game, and then you escape as a refugee uh, during the blight, which is happening in the first game. And you end up in the city of Kirkwall, where you're going to spend eight in-game years there. Um, it's larger than the cities. And eight real life years. <laughs> it's it's larger than the cities in in Origins. I think I'm right in saying, yeah. But it's just not very. Yeah. It's not very varied. Um, there's like notoriously one dungeon design. So there's multiple dungeons in the game, but they all just use the same design. Just like. Some will have like some paths cut off, if that makes sense, or maybe they'll mirror, mirror it occasionally. This is this was a workaround for like the really ridiculously short development time. They they just did not have the time to design anything else. So like textures get reused all the time, assets continuously reused. Um, so that's sort of what I think people remember <laughs> when it comes to this game. So. I, I think I might have forgotten. Did you say is this the same like director that did? Dragon Age it's Origins. the same writing team, yeah. Same writing team, but okay. they were just sort of told to do the impossible. Um, right. But yeah, so 
As Hawk, you have to navigate through personal and political dramas brewing in the city of Kirkwall. Um, and because it's over such amount of time, they cover a lot of ground. Whereas with um, Origins, you're sort of just focused on the on the blight and like obviously a bit of politics there with uh, whoever you want to put on the throne at the end. But with um, with two, you focus on a lot of issues. So uh, initially, you're focusing on like being this broke refugee trying to make a name for yourself in the city then we suddenly jump to there's some conflict the the Kunari who are um, a race that have crash landed in Kirkwall and they're not getting on with people very well Um, and then suddenly we jump forward three years and it's all about the mage and Templar conflict which feels like it's meant to be the main story in the game (laughs) but is sort of just dealt with in the final I'm gonna say like eight hours (laughs) um but I mean, as Bree said earlier, like the thing that I think people like about this game is the characters. The companions mm-hmm. come out of this quite okay. strong. So, uh, it's it's hard to because the companions feel like you can really tell that because I, I think they were already doing this, a bit of the story before development the game began, and it really shows because you've got uh, some really solid companions. I think uh, Isabel is one of the most loved she's this uh pirate who um ship crashes in kirkwall and you hang out with her for eight years um you have fenris who's an escaped slave you have anders who fights for mage rights and it i'm not i personally feel like you you meet them quite fluidly and you believe that they're just hanging around in the city for eight years and like they're there whenever you want missions done um and the game one thing the game does really well is that the companions and their like backstories are linked with the politics and Kirkwall so for example Anders is fighting for mage rights the whole time and mages are really ridiculously persecuted in Kirkwall um and like Isabella is like wrapped up with the uh Canary conflict so the the best when the when the game's at its best is when you do occasionally get a role-playing decision and you have to navigate through these political conflicts through the dialogue or through choices um and overall that seems to be the legacy of dragon age it's a story that was kind of poorly told um no it was it was a good story poorly told through the gameplay um, because another controversy was that they really really simplified the combat it's not like super super simplified but it's definitely not as convoluted as it was in origins um is it like was it convoluted or was it like layered in a good way depends on who you ask i say i say (laughs) convoluted because it's a lot to take on board if you're coming from bioware's other games i personally really love it but you do have to take the time to get to really love it and i do not blame anyone that looks at that and goes no 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 thank you (laughs) yeah um i mean brie you said that you like the companions so who's your favorite um not to jump on the train but probably fenris like i mean i think his background is extremely cool uh you know like they bring in like the defender slavery and um like being in a place where like mages are uh like subjugated like uh reset and kirkwall like the mages don't have a good life and fenris comes from a place where like mages rule everything but 
it's such a bad situation there for, um, you know, because the mages are essentially using people and like Fenris is like forced to be essentially like a mage battery essentially because he has so much magic in him because of like Lyrium. And so it just kind of brings in like more complexities to like, there's not just like one good side, one bad side. There's a lot of different layers and all these different factions have a lot of things going on. And so I think as a character, he does a really good job of tying all those different things together and it makes you more invested in the story and like the world as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with that. And I think one of the strengths of Dragon Age 2 was that they realized just how limited they were going to be with the gameplay. So I think the writing really has to hold it up mm-hmm. and it makes the world feel so much bigger when they were so limited. So like through Fenris, you find out about Tevinta, which was, I believe we don't learn loads about Tevinta in the first game. And Tevinta, and we're only only actually going to visit Tevinta now in Dragon Age 4. And it's like nothing else in the world because yeah, mages are on top there, whereas everywhere else they're not. I mean, in Kirkwall, they're probably close to the bottom, if not the bottom. and he's an elf as well, and elves are pretty damn close to the bottom, so it's it's really interesting. Yeah, he gets really like the bottom of the pile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Fenris. Yeah, he, and that's that's interesting seeing him navigate this world so different. Um, Isabella's like experienced so much of the world, so you experience it through her stories. You have got Meryl, who's a Dalish elf, who sort of explains that, and it's basically the the companion's job is just to make up for the lack of areas that you can explore. And I think the when the game's at its best is when you're just doing their personal quests. I really like their personal quests. I mean, Anders is my favorite, and I really love his like descent into just becoming so obsessed with mage rights. I think that's actually told fairly well. Um, he's actually a companion that you meet in Dragon Age, in the Dragon Age Origins expansion, where he's like this fairly chill Grey Warden, and it's really interesting how they took him and just got him he, like, he moved him to Kirkwall and just seeing how ridiculously abused the mages were just made him completely descend into I guess madness at the end and I really like the villain as well I thought Meredith was a cool villain it's a shame that she's only really the villain for the final like five minutes of the game yeah she's not really there <laughs> yeah that's as long as she could have been that's such a waste of potential <laughs> she would have been oh. she could have held up the whole game as a villain but like i said the game's in three acts and she's only the villain in the third act and only for some of that and i just it's i can see what david gator was saying when this was this is like the, the ultimate like uh this i forget his exact wording but he called it like just the game of of, of regrets basically and I can see it as a writing team. Right, well, because there's so many good elements. It's just, if they would have just done things slightly differently, it could have been so much better than it was. And also if they didn't have, like, a 14-month time crunch, <laughs> I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I feel yeah. like the... Si- oh, sorry, oh. what was that? Oh, sorry, I just got excited because I have something to add. I saw on... Uh, uh twitter there is an article that like literally just now it says why rpgs are best when they're built around a single massive city and i was like oh okay and i went into it and i like did like a search and then like halfway down it says of course there have been attempts at rpgs set around a single city before dragon age 2's energetic haters and fans have been furiously skimming this article (laughs) waiting for mention of it I, I would consider myself overall a Dragon Age 2 fan, but I don't get the people that will, like, rag on the people that didn't like it. 
I, I, it's perfectly reasonable why people don't like it. I, I adore Dragon Age 2 in its own way. Um, if I just sort of accept it for what it is. Even if you sort of play it as a Dragon Age Origins expansion, it's actually not that bad. Um, but I can totally understand that the fans that waited since Origins for a sequel and then got this, it must have been really disappointing. Especially because they didn't have... They didn't... I played when I played it. I knew Inquisition was next, and that I could go back to having like multiple um, origins and stuff. Um, but if you thought this, so is um. Oh, sorry, what was that? Oh, I was just gonna ask like the is, is the combat in this game like more similar to Origins or more to like Inquisition? Um, I would. It's I would say it's about fifty fifty actually. I'd say <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's definitely toned down. But it's not toned down to the extent because I think Inquisition was pretty turned down in terms of like yeah. complex RPG stuff. Because like, yeah, like I've I've played the only one I've played a good bit of is Inquisition. But like the the one they uh, that one I remember has like that top down thing. You can like pause the battle sort of and like move around and like make it like turn based. Yeah, you know? yeah, you can do like tactics. Yeah, like a tactics view. Is that that something in here or no? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you can pause the game and put inputs in, but I, I don't think it's as... If I can remember correctly from what it was like in Inquisition, they made it this whole thing, but it was literally just sort of pausing, selecting an attack, playing, and then pausing. But yeah, there's still, there's still a good tactical element to it sometimes. <laughs> um, I, I, I really just... I... I this whole thing about the single set city setting it really could have worked so well i think um as david gator said it shouldn't have taken course over eight years because i, I it was just sort of a bit silly <laughs> that loads would happen and then the game would so, just skip like oh three years later <laughs> and it sort of just took you out <laughs> of it and it was i guess a bit hard to warm up to the companions on my first playthrough because of that but and this is sort of leading so one Sorry, I no, keep interrupting. Worry. I'm sorry. One, one, um, one interesting comparison that might be, uh, might be worth drawing is that like, this same thing kind of, kind of happened to, uh, to Zelda and like went the complete opposite direction. In, in that like, Ocarina of Time was like wildly successful and Nintendo was hungry for money. Um, whoa, what else is new? <laughs> and they said. Because that came out, you know, in the holiday season, and they said, "Okay, have the next game ready by next holiday." Yeah. yeah like they they basically had nine months or nine to ten months to make an entirely new Zelda game, and that that for that um that forced like uh timeline there actually like created something more. I, I think created something better in the process because what they they were forced to reuse like literally everything in the game, but in a new way, and like. It led them to the idea of like, okay, Link is like, has to, he like dies, then is trapped in like a purgatory built off of like bastardized versions of all the things he saw before, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and gets like very wacky, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm definitely not blaming the devs for like not rising to the occasion. I'm just interested that like in one instance, like Majora's Mask was super successful, and in this a, a instance, like looks like it didn't go as that's, well. That's actually a really interesting comparison. I think maybe if they were allowed to reuse assets from Origins. Maybe it could have been that sort of situation because. So they weren't allowed to no, reuse they assets. Had, if I'm thinking right, I, I mean, because the game looks completely different to Origins, so they clearly changed uh -huh. a lot from it. They reuse assets. EA wanted new shiny <laughs> exactly. dragons. It's like bloody EA can't make up their mind what they want. 
Dragon Age to look like. Because then, in, in notoriously with Inquisition, they were like, it has to be in the Frostbite engine, even though it is not made for RPGs. Um, and I think maybe if they got to reuse a whole bunch from Origins, then I'm sure it probably... Because you cannot deny like the passion behind the story. That, that's the thing that annoys me with 2, and like, that's why I love it in its own way, is because you can really tell the writing team had a really interesting story to tell with Hawks. They had a really interesting story to tell with the Canari, with the Mage Templar War, but they were just constrained. Um, I'm not sure... With Nintendo, I don't know what it is, because they're, they're just such an anomaly in the gaming industry. It's hard to compare anything to them. They seem to just sort of break all the conventions. <laughs> so... Yeah, sure. like like so many of their their games should have been bad, but they're really good. <laughs> I, <laughs> the, yeah, that's true. I, I don't know how how they operate. So I feel like we could have got a Majora's Mask situation if just EA were a teeny tiny bit more understanding. And I don't know. Maybe it should. It probably should have been. In hindsight, it should have been an Inquis uh, Origins uh, expansion, or it should have been like a, a minor game rather than than a full fledged sequel, which. I mean, how, why would you consider Majora's Mask? Because I know that was also meant to be a, a, an Ocarina of Time a, expansion, but it ended up being its own game. It, no. Yeah, like, they, they, well, no, they actually did. There's a different Ocarina of Time expansion, the Master Quest one that they released. Um, and this this was this was intended, like, to be a sequel, but they, they lit, like, Nintendo literally walked in and told them, you have 10 months to make and, like, re- release a full sequel to Jeez, this game. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> And so, like, that that was on their end. They were like, if we reuse all the assets and all the characters and stuff and, like, all the, stu- all, all the fucking, like, buildings and, and everything that we've made, like, um, we can we can just remix it basically into a new game. And that's what they ended up doing. Um, so that's why, like, all the characters are people you've met before, but they're all people who, like, have slightly yeah. different names who, like, don't remember you and stuff like that. I guess it's um, because, like, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know too much about the development. It sounds like they were very coordinated and like this is going to be a remix of ocarina of time essentially whereas yeah the yeah. prevailing thing at bioware was this has to be a full-fledged sequel it has to be its own story and it has to be mass effect and i think that's probably the other thing majora's mask is comfortable being a zelda game whereas i guess dragon age 2 kind of wanted to be a mass effect game i see yeah. what you're saying yeah definitely um i guess like to sort of bring it to present day inquisition just decided to EA saw that there was nothing to salvage from 2, which I think is completely wrong. I thought 2 had a lot of potential and is actually a pretty good game. But for whatever reason, they decided to make Inquisition completely different. The game takes place across two entire countries and is an open world game. Um, Just everything feels different about Inquisition, basically. Um, Do you think this is the right decision? I guess. Whoa. Sorry, I I just wanted to open this up and take a look at how at like who was running that with the Majora's Mask development. So it was actually it was the Dream Team baby. This was um it was actually uh led in three parts by Aiji Anuma, who you know has been directing the Zelda games since then. Um this is where he started. And then Shigeru Miyamoto, this was the last Zelda he worked on, and Yoshiaki Koizumi, who has been directing the Mario games oh, since uh Mario Well 64. there you go, that's why it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but with with Dragon Age Four, um, I guess Bree is my. I, I keep forgetting to you, but you're my fellow Dragon Age nerd here. Um, <laughs> so 
with four, there's been some talk that that could return to the single city setting because we're going to Devinta, and I guess the only city we really know about is um, God Minrathos. That's it. Um, yeah, Minrathos. And yeah, do you think that's something they should explore again? Like now that they've had the time. I think. <sighs> I think this is one of those situations where it, it, it could work. I think if they do it well, because everything that happened in Inquisition, everything is going to be completely centered around Minrathis anyway. So I think if they try to make it open world, it could get iffy where they're just trying to like throw in a bunch of random side quests, which I think Inquisition did run into the issue quite a bit. So I think yeah. uh, a single city could definitely work because a lot's going to go down in Minrathos. Or at least it should. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, because obviously the story... That, I mean, you're going to be focusing on... I don't want to spoil... I don't know. I, this is a Dragon Age 2 podcast. Yeah, this is like, a spoiler. There's spoiler exhibition, but like, it's very focused on one person. Spoilers for this fucking ancient-ass <laughs> game. <laughs> it's, I don't, I, I'm fine with spoiling Dragon Age 2. It's just Inquisition, I guess. This is not an Inquisition podcast. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's but fine. Um, it's... Dragon Age 4 is going to be focused... That game's seven years is old. Is it? Oh, my God. Is it really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay. I got that. That's, like, one of the few games I actually got at launch as well, so now I feel really old. Um, But, it, yeah, Dragon Age 4 is going to be centred around one person in particular, and I guess in that regard, it it definitely could be a single say. See, saying... Oh, that's a really hard thing to say first. Um, <laughs> and... I really hope they sort of give that another look. I'm guessing EA doesn't want them to because EA doesn't probably like, not. I guess. They're probably just going to do Tevinter as a whole. Yeah, they probably are because they, they want their big flashy open world to show off at uh, E3 mm -hmm. or something, if E3 even exists. Is the bald one going to be the back? The bald one is like indeed him. back. Right. <laughs> I can confirm. Uh, <laughs> I hope you... I'm trying to remember any of the characters i know the bald one but, you know that's um, your question actually then... name dragon age characters come on sure then there's <laughs> buff girl um yeah she is like a knight or warrior thing and she does like tank things um okay and then there's fucking who's that fucking annoying girl oh. i hated her I oh punch is her. that sarah sarah probably Dude, yeah. you're not a fan <laughs> yeah I was like, I, I was like, you know, this this woman would walk into like a Target and ask for the manager immediately. Oh yeah, yeah, I, she I, would. Yeah, she would. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, no, I don't remember a lot. I played like fifteen hours of that game. You <laughs> should remember their names. I, should, um, I was gonna ask you, like, just based on the discussion, because I think Dragon Age is a very unique franchise in that it's basically just been given a soft reboot of every bloody entry they've done. <laughs> every entry, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> so, like, what's your perception of it as an outsider? I think that it is a game where um, people who are, are very passionate about it, but also don't quite know what, what they want <laughs> from it. Yes. yes. Yeah. You, you summed it up. It's um there's like i mean there's not other i don't know there's there's other things where like each game is like you know wildly different from the last but like th this one is like i don't know I've, I've heard people be like um very passionate about one over the other and then like even 
I don't know. Like, I've never even opened Origins before. Like, I'll probably at least give it four minutes <laughs> sometime. But, Maybe five. Um, I, I would, like, I'll, I'll I would die for Origins. So, like, to hear that, it's, like, having my heart ripped open. I hate that. So that's the thing. Like, I mean, if everyone I has, like, the one game, they'll defend to the death. No, I didn't say, like, I saw, I've literally never even opened Origins. So, like, I'll, I'll, I'll eventually try it one day and see what's going on in there. Um... But yeah, like I don't know that that's my my perception is just like I feel like people are are very it's weird. I, I, okay, this is what I'll say. Like I've always gotten the impression that like Dragon Age is like a much smaller affair than than Mass Effect, just like sales wise, fan wise, etc. But like the the Dragon Age people seem like so much louder. <laughs> and I would agree. Like, it feels like there's more fans of that, even though the sales would sort of disagree with that. <laughs> that's you know so what I mean? accurate. <laughs> that's, that's really accurate. It's just, it's kind of, sometimes it almost reminds me of being a Sonic fan, in that it's just like, once you're, once you like it, it's like you're obligated. Also, Dragon, like, Age, Dragon Age Inquisition, Game of the Year 2014. I, yeah. I don't know how that happened. That feels like a fluke, but it got like, <laughs> big attention like that. <laughs> You think Keely like added the numbers wrong and just like realized forty minutes later, like uh, yeah, <laughs> like no. it just feels so surreal. Like I, I I forget that other people know Dragon Age exists. You know, it just feels like this weird little game that I that one was. Found. I I want to say Inquisition sold it really did. well. Actually, it sold it did really great. well. It like it this like the first time I guess it got like this mass market appeal that they really wanted. I think when did Witcher uh, three come yeah. out? 2015 next year. That's okay. why. Yeah, <laughs> it, did, it didn't have The Witcher to contend with. <laughs> it didn't have The Witcher to contend Pro- with, and I think it, I don't know. I think a lot of people were very interested in that type of um, like fantasy role playing game was like super super popular. Yeah, I think people just really wanted a game like that. I remember all like the advertising was just um, focusing on how good it looked, and like yeah, that game does it looks gorgeous when it wants to. It's and that's mm-hmm. that's held up really well. I think it's it's like the only game in the series to look good. <laughs> Which probably yeah. uh, let's see. This is true. <laughs> Dragon Age. So, I'm, I'm just to take it a look here. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition sold about six million copies. They said um, it was. It is Bioware's second best-selling oh. game. Their best-selling one was Mass Effect that Three. That sounds so weird. Million copies. Like in my brain, it was just sort of like everything Mass Effecty, even Andromeda, and then like Dragon Age just being like the awkward middle child to. Andromeda sold 5 million copies. Mass Effect 2 sold about 5 million. Uh, even Anthem sold 5 million copies, so I don't know. But <laughs> Jesus. That's so weird. Because in my head, like Dragon Age just feels like this weird stepkid that EA didn't really want <laughs> when they took yeah. on Bioware. They were like, hey, Mass Effect. Oh, I guess I guess Dragon Age has got to come too. I, it's interesting because, may- I don't know, Like I guess, in ma- I guess maybe they were somewhat successful in like making it more like mass effect and like making inquisition like have more like wide audience appeal. yeah yeah um, i think it's i don't even know how they did it i'm not going to pretend i understand the series i love it to bits but i don't understand it <laughs> i mean that's the same thing that they did with uh with that bethesda did with fallout like mm-hmm. they literally were like you know like they got the fallout license and then when making fallout 3 they were like let's just make this like oblivion <laughs> but with a like a skin of fallout and to like create mass audience because like fallout 1 and 2 famously sold horribly yeah. like both of them were fucking like they they bankrupted an entire company <laughs> i think i don't get um, it's like did todd ever play the first two because 
Yeah, he was. Yeah, we talked about this on our episode. He's like, he was a huge fan. He was like begging to get the the Fallout license because he was like, remember we talked about this because he was like, legitimately, he was like, I I I can turn this into an action game and I can make it have wide. (laughs) He had a vision. That was his first. He had a vision. He had a vision. He played the game and was like, I want to make this completely different. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And he and then he did and he sold five hundred thousand million copies. Um. And I, I mean, like, as much as a lot of people love these, like, those, like, CRPGs, like, Fallout 1 and 2, like, most people mm-hmm. don't and just won't, never but will. Is so and, good. like, it's, it's, a, it's a niche genre, and I'm not saying it doesn't have value, but it is a niche yeah, genre. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, like, you're right. But I, I bloody love Fallout 2 so much. Can we do an episode of Fallout 2, please? Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll do one. I, I got, like, I, I spent, like, maybe four hours <laughs> on that one. I, I don't know. I just, like, got through, like... I was just like hitting stuff, and I was like, "This combat sucks." I love the combat. <laughs> I hate oh my god, I, I adore the combat in both of those games. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so yeah, I, I don't know. Do we have more more things? I'm trying to find I where guess, we are in this outline. You know, we've talked about Dragon Age Four. That's it. That's all. That's all Dragon Age is getting from us. So what is? So when they first, please explain this to me. <laughs> when they first announced Dragon Age Four, like 19 years ago, <laughs> yes. at the Game Awards, yeah. Um. They they didn't even put a title on it, and I didn't know it was a Dragon Age game. It just said the Dread Wolf Rises. What what happened? Um, what does that mean? A dude called the Dread Wolf, and I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for you. Spoiler Playing alert. Position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anybody anybody who would have known that was a Dragon Age thing at all. They they they've already been spoiled. They've already seen. Yeah, it. Like, yeah. I mean, if you was... played the DLC for Inquisition, you know exactly what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is this continuing the story of Inquisition? This is going to be direct. It looks like very direct sequel. Yeah, because the bald yeah, one. So like for yeah. the first okay. time in the series history, they're actually going to like continue from where they left. <laughs> continuity. <off. laughs> yeah, there's continuity this time. Yeah. <laughs> series first. Uh... Maybe. Maybe this is more of like a, a a thing about like Bioware, I guess. But like, I am, I I I very much get the feeling that EA is like, you know, that big dragon head is poking in the <laughs> office again, <laughs> and like, uh, if if Dragon Age Four isn't like a legitimate like success, I don't think that Bioware is going to oh, survive. Honestly, no. no. If, it, if it doesn't, if it's not an explosive success, then they're they're going. Yeah, it has. Success, I think it has to yeah. be really um, good. It has to bring them back to like Mass Effect Two sort of love i think yeah like which i mean i don't know i know they're doing the mass effect legendary edition now to try to like buy back some goodwill um and like i've seen some people are angry about how the art looks because like the lens flares and all the fucking what well, you're, you're a mass effect fan right re like what how do you feel about all I that i think it looks okay um i think it's funny how they made one of the companions like uh tits really big that's like sort of just screams like we're trying to get the fans back um, apart, <laughs> apart from that, like I'm, I'm really excited for the legendary edition. Um, I, f- I think they, they need to sort of just go back to basics like that, and sort of remember <laughs> when people like them, <laughs> and sort of build yeah, back like from that. I think it's the most exciting thing about that legendary edition, which I'll get at some point this year for sure. Um, is like that all of the 5,000 DLCs are are included, and, like, you don't have to, like, hunt them down on individual oh stores God, and that, stuff. Oh, my God, such a bloody relief. I can remember, because I played Mass Effect really, like, far after release, 
and I was trying to get all the DLC for two and the store was really bad and it gave kept giving me the wrong one which I already had and I was like on the phone to EA technical support trying to get it and I never got to play it so I'm very excited incredible <clears throat> um yeah so um I hope your game's good <laughs> please buy yeah, well will they finish it I mean that's the first question yeah I mean like if I think Mass Effect Legendary Edition is going to do pretty well sales-wise, and that'll give them enough time to finish it. Um, but, like, I, I wouldn't anticipate this coming uh, until, like, late next year, probably would be when I would yeah. guess. Uh, like, like fall, winter 2022. Um, this has this has winter vibes to me. This has December vibes, this game. I'm going to oh, say yeah. December 2022. I mean, that's when they released Inquisition, right? Yeah, it is, actually. Is it, like, a holiday? Yeah. So I'm I'm full on like belief for ages that Dragon Age Four wasn't going to happen, and I believe that with good reason because they've cancelled that fucker twice already. <laughs> so EA is very much right. rearing this its ugly head in the office this time round. Somehow, why why don't they? Here. Well, I I don't know. Like e, EA has gotten to that point where like even selling like five million units of an RPG, which is actually really really good, is like That's garbage nothing. for them because they're selling. They're selling 50 million copies of Madden every yeah. year now. Oh, God, yeah. And think about the money they must make from FIFA. Just, like, the like the the yeah. ultimate team pack money. Like, they'll just scoff at, like, all this. Because like, Mass Effect and Dragon Age must cost, like, a lot to make. And you can't so easily put loot yeah, boxes in it. Yeah, I mean, RPGs cost, like, a shit ton to make. And they usually don't sell very well. So, like, they're... Like, that's why these, like, giant AAA RPGs are, like kind of like not as as common um like nobody makes games like bethesda because nobody else can afford exactly to. yeah and like it's... they need the the microsoft money to do it <laughs> so yeah like it's become so unsustainable that like literally microsoft has to to finance it for it to work anymore <laughs> um yeah but i mean I, I hope it's really cool I, i'll i'll probably dip back into inquisition at some point like i do own it like i said and um, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I just kind of got like bored. I was told that I, I finished like all the stuff in like the the hinterlands oh, area, no. and by the time I got to the next area, like I did like the stuff in the city, the little like city square there. I did all that stuff, and then like I was just kind of burnt out, and I was yeah. like, I'll come back. You gotta I'm leave the hinterlands as quick as possible. You gotta get out. Yeah, <laughs> it'll trap you for hours. <laughs> my my strategy for Inquisition, like the only way I can enjoy it, is if I do as few side quests as possible. Because <laughs> I the story yeah. is like not bad, but the side quests are really boring. Okay, that's exciting. Ugh. Actually, I have a question. This is sort of out of the blue, but I remembered. Have Have either of you played Dragon's Dogma? Mm-hmm. I have not. No. That is a game that lives in a weird space between, like, <clears throat> between Skyrim and Dragon Age Ooh. that I haven't, like, yeah, I've, I've like, not loved it so much, but, like, I've, I've played a few hours of it, but, like, I was just curious, because some people fucking love that game and worship it to death, but, um, I don't know, if, if you want to take, I don't know, if you take a look at it, I'm curious if that is the kind of thing Dragon Age fans are looking for, um, Hmm. Yeah, I, I might, don't know. I also, they made out. a terrible anime for it on Netflix recently. <laughs> so, of course, that. I mean that was something you know they've reached the big leagues. I love how like the first year, like ten years ago, like Netflix was making stuff. Like the first few years, it was like, "Whoa, Netflix made this! This is gonna be fucking amazing." <laughs> and now, like, it's just like, "Oh, Netflix made this! Oh my yeah. god! Oh, oh no!" <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. 
All right. Well, yeah. Do you wanna you wanna uh, round us out of the? Are, are we are we uh, still uh, in this this? No, segment? we're we're escaping are Dragon we? Age, much like EA is going to in about two years. So we're done. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that. Uh, okay. Here's the schedule: Winter 2022, December, mm, let's say 10th. Uh, Dragon Age Four uh, is released, and. Uh, then they announce DLC for it in January, and then Bioware is closed in June after we don't hear anything for that's six months ambitious. after about the DLC. That's, no, that's, that's optimistic. That's my guess. I my don't timeline. think Dragon Age 4 um, is going to be out till spring, summer, <laughs> a year from now. Yeah. That's probably... Um, that's possible. Because, um, like, they just keep showing fucking concept art, and they're like, look at the bald one. He's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's like, what I'm trying to get one, people. Don't you? Uh, it's, isn't that showing him off just to prove that they actually, like, are gonna... <laughs> to prove that this is a game, that there's some concept behind <laughs> like, this game. Look, it's not just pictures of dragons and crystals. We're not gonna reboot it again this time. We're, like, actually continuing a story we set up. Aren't you proud of us? They're trying to prove themselves yeah, so that- hard. This game was announced like so 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 early, and it was because like they're I, I know Bioware is struggling to prove that they should still exist. <laughs> it actually just they, they are living on borrowed time. I love them to bits, but they are, yeah. Yeah, and I mean like I've I've talked to a lot of like Bioware fans, and like they're pretty much all of them are like yeah, like it's sad, but like the Bioware that I love doesn't exist. It anymore doesn't. Anyway. I mean, like the guy like, I've, I've spoken about nonstop in this podcast, David Gator, he doesn't, he wrote so many Bioware games. He doesn't even work for them anymore. I'm fairly sure in that uh, Dragon Age Inquisition was his last game. So, so many people have left. It's barely the same company anymore. If you could even call it that. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's sad, but I guess we'll uh, we'll escape on into our new segment. Oh, I was yeah, I was gonna wait for okay. your reaction. I'll do it again. Into our new segment. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh God. Um. Okay. So we've been having a lot of fun with our, our good games Inc thing. So like, we'll still do those every so often with audience suggestions, but I also did find a, uh, a bot that can create game ideas for us. Okay. So I think that's sort of a challenge for us. Like it's going to be, it's going to give us some, some stuff to build a game off of, and we need to build something fucking good. Okay. Um, so just kind of like usual, but this is coming from a robot. Mm-hmm. And uh, let, let's go and let's go and give it a whirl. Let's see here. Um, this is a uh, hidden. Ob- this is a, a hidden object and top-down shooter game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, the, it has two-button controls. It is set in a medieval world, and it's about a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a top-down shooter in a medieval world. <laughs> let's yeah, start there. So right. You gotta okay. be shooting magic or throwing. Axes. <laughs> you just, you're just going to need <laughs> yeah. a lot of axes. Like a javelin? Yeah, but you need a lot of them. Okay, you would need a lot of javelins. I mean, you could do arrows, right? Bows and arrows. Um, there's two button controls. So, like, there's move and shoot, right? But how do you find the hidden... Because a hidden object game is what, I, if I'm thinking right, is like one of those old PC games where you, like... Just click on stuff around the room until it's like, you found the magnifying glass, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is this is a hard so one. So do you, you? It's a treasure. Okay. Uh, do you, let, we have another angle we can try this from because it also alternatively can generate game okay. titles. Let, let's try one of those. Um, Radical Vigilante Deathmatch. Radical Vigilante hmm. Deathmatch. Um. That doesn't really fit. Oh wow! It can generate a studio oh God, name too. Okay. Solar Storm Interactive. Oh fuck, that's, actually, that's, that's good. Actually pretty, yeah, that's a pretty cool one. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I like this. Um, no, but I, I think let, let's try generating a, a different game. Maybe we got we started on hard mode. <laughs> we should have gone easier. Um, okay, this is a um, multiplayer game uh, about, and, and the rules are that there are strength in numbers. Uh, it is set in ancient Rome, and the themes are addiction. <laughs> Wait, isn't isn't that Fallout New Vegas? I mean, in yeah, this is Caesar's Legion, but in regular <laughs> Rome. This is a multiplayer game where you're all ro- like Roman heathens going to like orgies and stuff. I guess it's like an MMO. It's, this is like an alternate <laughs> ending to New Vegas, where the Legion uh, create a time machine and send all the New Vegas residents back to like ancient Rome. And I think that that would be a yeah. very fun concept for a game. Um, the uh, and then oh wow, they can give you uh, the- they can- they can generate themes too specifically here. Uh, evolution. Oh wow! So there's a lot of generators here. Maybe we should just like plug them all in at the same time. Mm. What is sorry? What is star generator? <laughs> oh, it just generates the names of stars. Why is that on the same website? Um, I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> Um, let's, let's try and get a title and let's, let's make something out of that instead. Um, uh, I'm just trying to find one that sort of works. Um, Chaos Predator. All right. <laughs> You're still stuck on praise episode. Tell me about, cha- tell me about Chaos Predator. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a generic name. Like it could already exist. I don't even know what to say. Like. <laughs> probably does have we lo- have we looked yeah this is an this is this is an xbox 360 game yeah, obviously. obviously i think yeah. <laughs> how about escape from the sunshine fun escape from the sunshine fun oh god <laughs> okay you're a vampire <laughs> and you are and you are trying to run from the sunlight before it gets you and everyone is having fun right in the sun it's the summer you're at the beach you're a vampire at the beach Oh my god, white boy summer. Um, <laughs> very white boy summer, pale white boy, boy summer. summer. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly white boy summer. <laughs> oh, um, okay, I'm uh, I'm I'm just testing. So that that was one test. So I, I'm testing some new. Actually, I should really call this segment spaghetti time <laughs> because what I'm gonna do is. Basically, uh, I'll cycle through a few things, uh, throwing spaghetti at the wall effectively until something really I sticks, like that like and we'll probably stick, stay like, with I mean, it. For us, maybe not. The, yeah. So the this, this, but, you know. No, no. This was. Thank you for joining us for spaghetti time. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Please, please add meatballs on your own. Bring your own meatballs. <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying. I'm struggling between whether to, um, like, what to what to call this one because I'm. Like, Escape from the Sunshine Fun is, is good, but, like, also I just kind of want to, like, call this episode, like, The Bald One Returns or something. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love that. Um, okay. Um, 
so yeah i, I guess let's uh go ahead and close out um i thank you guys for for joining us um we're we're getting back on our feet um we've we've been uh we've had a little a bit of a weird few weeks here uh but we're, we're getting back into it um the uh i think that um i think people are responding of just listens wise people are responding better to more more to games i think like this where it's a game that people have heard of but probably not played okay. mm-hmm. people seem to be really interested in and in learning about um which is really cool so i'm glad um but yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be back next week with with more video game, and uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, I guess you can. We'll go and close out. So I, I guess you can find us on on Twitter at Gamebusters Pod. Um, you can find me at Gondizi on Twitter, and Rees at re underscore Bevan. Um, Bree, do you have any any plugs for for anything creatively you're working on <laughs> related to, you know. Maybe something related to shrimp or to, to Thailand. You know, uh, mostly a lot of writing and staring at a computer. But I do hope that, you know, three years down the line, I'll see you guys on this podcast again to review Dragon Age 4. <laughs> yeah, here we go. To the, <laughs> to the next Dragon Age. And the fall of Bioware. Jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, great. Um, yeah, we'll be back. Um, watch out. 2072. Mark your calendars <laughs> for we'll Dragon Age 4. What what happens when Bioware gets shut down before Dragon Age Four is finished, and they like export it over to like, like what com- what what studio is gonna take I think over? Anywhere they just put it on a Google Drive and it's like there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine them being? That's okay. We're laughing, but that's that's actually what happened with Delta yeah, Rune. I guess like, that's within the realm when, of possibilities. When Toby Fox. When Toby Fox, like, did, he didn't announce anything. He just put on his Twitter, like, a link to his Google Drive to an EXE file. <laughs> and people downloaded it. And it was Delta Rare. I would that's do of, it. That's sort of the tear I would put Bioware at now. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah. Um, you can uh, find us on... Uh, if you guys have uh, Apple devices, please go ahead and throw us a, a rating on iTunes with a review. We really appreciate it. That helps us with visibility a lot, a lot. Um and yeah i guess that's probably um about it oh i have a new video um and um yeah you should go watch it we're playing code vein um a bad anime dark souls game um you should join us because we do join forces with the floating snowman witch and the tit lizard and we defeat the boss at the end by him falling (laughs) off a cliff without us interacting with him so um not a great video game it turns out (laughs) um Good character creator, though. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ree, what are you working on? I know you're. You wanna. Uh, you can. I, I know you're. You're in um, calmer waters now. Yeah. Um. So right now, I do a crap ton of news every weekend for thegamer.com. Um. And recently, I did actually do a feature which did pretty damn well, actually simping the hell out of Dragon Age Origins. So so go check that out. Uh, everyone seemed to to like that. I d- I didn't expect that. Um. Uh, I think that no, the Dragon Age Sims are really vocal. Like they'll they, show they up. They do. It's like I don't know? see that when I'm scrolling through Twitter. I never just see like a Dragon Age Simp in the wild. But if I write something Dragon Age related, they 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 flock, and I I appreciate that. If you build they, it, exactly, they will come. I appreciate that. You know, you're a dedicated bunch who will be quiet for ages and then suddenly just scream, and that's really fun. So keep doing that. You know what we should have done? We should have appended. The one of these uh, game title names to the to like Dragon Age colon and then like 
we could have given two a oh, subtitle because I guess they didn't have enough time in that like bloody fourteen months to come okay. up with a title. Uh, how do you feel about Dragon Age Remote Monster Orchestra? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what it's going to be. A, in it. That's just what All happens right. <laughs> if it gets on the Google the Google Drive file. That's <laughs> that's the code name for the project: <laughs> Remote Monster Orchestra. Oh my god. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, Bree, I don't know if you want to. Um, y- you're going to close us out, so you get to kind of like finish with your signature catchphrase that you're always saying um you know uh if you want to just go and toss that out (laughs) my signature catchphrase uh yeah you know the one you're always saying like you know every every like seven eight minutes you pop it out oh yeah once i get through today tomorrow will be better (laughs) (laughs) okay that's not that wasn't the worst one we've had (laughs) all right thank you guys for joining us Stopping that and pulsing. Spoilers for this fucking ancient ass game.